I just for a while because I was because I was I was a fool. I was like, oh, Joseph is like one of the more like, for lack of a better term, like evenly bisexual JoJo's, <laughs> which is clearly not true. No, and like, and the, the more I watch it, I'm just the more I'm just like, fucking poor Joseph. Like yeah. he might even like in the in the ranking of like how gay the JoJo's are, oh, like he so he might even be like in the top three or four yeah i think he's just like and he's trying so hard to perform yeah. heterosexuality yep. and he's so bad at it it's yep. like he read a manual like at least i mean down. i think he i mean i think he might even be number one like i think he's no 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 Jorno. oh really i mean what like, about johnny johnny is i think johnny's actually bisexual johnny's, yeah i believe that but <laughs> Unlike all the other ones who are, but alive. I mean, I I could uh, I think you're right, but I also think yeah. someone could argue strongly that that Joseph is number one. Well, yeah, like, I think I think someone could argue that Jotaro is number one for sure. Although it's tough, I think there's a difference between hates women and is gay. Well, I think oh no, totally. But I think Jotaro also, which we'll get into in the next. Yeah, episode. I think Jotaro <laughs> is gay and also so hates women. So that's why it's hard <laughs> yeah. to tear apart. Yeah, Jorno's <laughs> definitely the gayest Jojo, and I think Josuke is number two. I think we'll have to like explore this just yeah, we'll like have to over do a gay time. ranking. I'm interested to see how different our gay rankings are. Yeah, because I feel very firmly in my Jorno, Josuke, Jotaro slash. Maybe Jorno. it's maybe it's just whoever we, whichever Jojo you identify with the most is the gayest, the gayest one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Jojo's Bizarre Explainer. I'm Darius Kazani. I'm Courtney Stanton. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. Uh, this is a show about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes. Yeah, we talk about how much we like it. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, no, no, we have to maintain an objective distance. Sorry, this is a this is a this is a podcast. An unbiased This is an unbiased look. podcast full of objective truths about Caesar Antonio Zapelli. Yep. We we fact check everything. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So this is where you come for the authoritative take. Yeah. So we're on to episode 11 of season two, Young Caesar. Which is episode 20 of pretend season one. Yeah, which is, I don't know why and they pretend that it's all one until well into season four. And by season four, I mean arc four. This was my favorite episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's, for sure. Yeah, it's it's very good. I mean, the director's commentary from the Blu-ray is just the director going... I really have nothing to say about this. I asked them to create an amazing episode of anime, and they did. Yeah, yeah. He's and he like, kept, like every paragraph. Yeah, like, he's just like <laughs> he just kept repeating. That. Yeah, he's like, like, I asked the uh, the storyboard and episode director to knock it out of the park, and he did. And he's like, and they they did an amazing job with this, and I have nothing to say about it. I learned a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all of his commentary, and uh, but we have a lot more to say about it. So let's get yes. into it. Yeah. Yep. So the episode opens with Mario Zappelli's last breakfast, which I think is incredibly important because I think all the food of the Zappelli men is incredibly important. Right. Well, I mean, the context for this is we're hearing from the narrator about why Caesar ran half cocked into a... This hotel, right, and it's also where cars is supposedly hiding. It's also implied that that at the same time as we're hearing it from the narrator, Joseph is hearing it from Lisa yeah. Lisa. In the manga, in fact, Lisa Lisa is the one who says it. Thank okay. you for the segue. In the anime, it's the narrator, and we are hearing we're getting a, a that good JoJo backstory. Yeah, it's it's a it's like maybe my favorite until we get into part five. Honestly, like of the backstory. Yeah, yeah, I feel like. 
I feel like maybe part six antagonist has my favorite backstory. Oh, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. Part six antagonist or like, but like a, a bunch of the characters in part five, I think have really good Can backstories. we please talk about what Mario Zappelli's last meal was before he abandoned his family? No. Uh, <laughs> no it's so good though. It is, it's yes, great. okay. So, Culinary hour. So Mario Zappelli's last breakfast. Which is which is introduced as like a half finished breakfast on a, Table the morning that he abandons his family, and I, I want to. I think it's five important. children. His five children, and I think it's important <laughs> to note that this was added in the anime. It's yep. not in the manga. This is exclusive anime content. Um, and so it's two plates and a cup of coffee. On one of the plates is, a, it looks like some ham, a slab of white bread, maybe toast, maybe maybe untoasted. It's a little impressionistic. Uh, a smear of, I'm I'm guessing ketchup. Some or could be blood, could symbolize blood. <laughs> Some sort of condiment. Maybe it's sriracha. <laughs> Maybe sriracha. Very popular condiment in 1938. <laughs> uh, 1938 Italy, yeah. And then on another plate, we have a garnish of lettuce with what looks like scrambled egg. On top. On top of it, mostly eaten. And then again, the aforementioned cup of coffee. Uh, and that's it. And so I'm that just, sounds like a well-balanced breakfast. I mean, it is. Yeah, this is not a particularly Italian breakfast, though. But I'm also wondering, like, True. is this? I mean, you you could definitely make Baron Zappelli's sandwich out of this. Yeah, yeah with the lettuce the and the egg. Yeah, it is fixins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that would that would like definitely lend um, some credence to the egg theory for for the sandwich. Baron Zappelli's sandwich. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and that's also, I feel like. I feel like maybe he was in the process of making the sandwich and then he got the call to go and like serve as a ham on, you know, protector of right. the stone mask or whatever. Letter or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. The owls came yeah. came by <laughs> yeah. and dropped off the Wait, uh, were, were there any salt shakers? I didn't no, see No, there wasn't anything. a salt shaker. Right. I didn't see one. I would have I would have noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. So yeah, but Oh, I trust you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mario Zappelli takes off, leaves Caesar and his four siblings who he are introduced and summarily dismissed from this narrative. Right. And also second, presumably his like, mom, right? I mean, like... Yeah, his mom is a... I mean, is she She's even... around, Caesar right? and his four siblings sprang fully formed from Mario Zappelli's forehead. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I believe it. Like Athena. Like Athena. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, um, he's, he's, his mom never gets mentioned. Yeah, I was going to say something about his siblings, but then I realized that was a fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. There's a good one, though. Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, he he gets real pissed and and falls into delinquency. And Caesar's delinquency is incredible. It's so good. I love. I just love Iraqi's concept of what a juvenile delinquent is. I do too. A juvenile delinquent is somebody who beats the shit out of random low level mafiosos with, with a wrench or a chain. Or a chain. Right. We yeah. see it. We see. First, it. he's just beating up another kid with a chain. Like, well, he's you know. never he's never murdered anyone. It says. It says the only crime not on his list is murder. But he, he just so he just beats them, them to to like a within bloody... an inch of their yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> he makes sure they never mafia again. Yeah, that <laughs> they never punch. crime again or but whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Courtney, do you want to talk about his outfit? His teenage, uh, yes. his like fifteen year old outfit. Yes, I do so badly. It's so good. This is another one of those like Iraqi. Like I feel like anyone else would have been like, "This is it. This is my main character design forever." And instead, it's <laughs> just like throwaway. For thirty seconds, you get to see Caesar in this really incredible like young hooligan outfit. 
Uh, it is definitely like a baby Jotaro Kujo outfit. He's, Who is again the 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 protagonist of of next season? Of next season. So he's got the two belts. Uh, he's got a chain that he keeps over his shoulder, which so it puts it up by his collar. He's got this really amazing, like super crop top, which is a, a like a Caesar trademark at this point. So it's like basically uh, like a sports bra. Yeah, it's a, it's a little <laughs> maroon sports bra, but he's got like another shirt underneath it for modesty, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Caesar, Caesar and Jotaro are both canonically teenage hoodlums. Yes. And they're both wearing the same outfit. So I just right. love this idea that like, you know, a hoodlum yeah, is just someone. Uniform. There's a uniform. Like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm 15. There are two kinds of teenage trouble. hoodlums. Yeah, the kind that wears Jotaro's outfit and the kind that wears Jorno's outfit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Which is that's the other thing is that then it's like the, he also has this. We have this young teen crime lord in Italy, which Araki obviously was like, I liked that. What if I did an entire season of that, yeah. which yeah. is season five? Um, well. The but second best one. I also liked the idea that maybe Caesar's crew was like a sleeper cell for the pirate club. Right. right? Well, the question is, we we see him kind of lording over back alleys. And the question is, is do those back alleys, which are in Italy, Rome, maybe? Uh, Via Ogre? Yeah. Right, yeah. Via yeah, Ogre? Sure. Like, are they, like, do they have some <laughs> connection to Ogre Street? Like, is the pirate right. club... Uh, which by that all point, all Ogre Streets lead to Rome. All roads lead to Ogre Street, and all oh. Ogre Streets lead to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> that is the the uh, transitive property of Ogre Street. Because yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's That's it's got to have expanded. Yeah, I, just, I, mean, I mean, is it like in the? This was four years ago, so by that point, there probably was the International Pirate Corporation. Well, yeah, because Speedwagon, yeah, stuff right? Sure, exactly. Speedwagon had already founded it by that point, and he definitely knew Speed. So, is this how he met Speedwagon? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, my God. Yeah, he probably got discovered. As his dad is dying, his dad says, like, go see Lisa Lisa. So presumably he meets Speedwagon through Lisa Lisa. Right. Right, because Speedwagon has, it's established that Speedwagon knows knows Lisa Lisa. Lisa. Unless he already knew Speedwagon, and he's like, hey, Speedwagon, I have to go see this woman named Lisa Lisa. And so Speedwagon's like, oh, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And he's like, oh, great. Well, I was using you as, like, a crime runner, and now I have to switch you over to the, like, ham on list of the spreadsheet. Oh, my God. Do you think that, like, Ruth had any hand in discovering Caesar? Like, Ruth, who's now... Oh, she's, what, like yeah. in her 60s? It's like fostering him as like a, and cultivating him. Yeah, and a, she's yeah. like this like old grizzled Maybe crime she dispatched lady. the call to his dad. Maybe That's she's the up. one who was like, it's a you, Mario. Wait, but so you, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm really proud of us for not thinking of that joke. You um, and me, I'm proud of us. Yeah. You, Liz, and I, I have pride for you and I. I don't have pride for you, Darius. For you, I have a different emotion. Jealousy? No. But, if, but wait, so you're saying that Ruth, well, of course, if, of course, if the pirate club and, Yeah, if you the know, pirate club's running the Hamon thing as well, well right? Because, right, because the pirate club is, is a, a subsidiary is, is, of yeah, yeah. the Speedwagon Foundation, right. or rather the Speedwagon Foundation, Foundation is, is the legitimate business. the legitimate arm, yeah. and then they're also a cover yeah. so for then the of pa- course stuff. So they would Ruth, have is a connection. A, is, Ruth is clearly high up in the organization, oh, yeah. so yeah. She's, but yeah, a, fa- so she's like, like a founding member of the international... So yeah, so I feel like she would probably be like, okay, so I have this crime kid, and he's doing really well, and then he's like, oh, wait... Ham on, then she'd be like, oh, "Okay, so you should go over to the speedwagon." Right, right. Yeah. This, is, this is above my pay grade. Right. Time to time to yeah, introduce time to you to, you, yeah, to Robert. like a recommendation. Yeah, yeah like hey, here's old this Bobby, kid. And old Bobby I imagine Stevens. her like smoking a cigar and like leaning oh, back. Yeah. She's probably lost an eye by now. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely. Yeah. Absolutely has an she, iPad. Yeah, she's basically oh, no, like, let's be real. This is JoJo. She's probably lost a hand by yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> At least, yeah. So she's lost an eye and a hand. And yeah. she probably, instead of a hand, she has just like a hand that all it is is a, like a cigar holder. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Or she's like basically a, like the Amanda Waller of this universe. Yeah, yeah. Or she's got like a her. Captain Hook thing going on, maybe. She's got yeah. like a, that yeah. would be good. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Ruth yeah. is doing great. Yeah, she's great. She, yeah, she she's good. So we get an awesome backstory. For me, this backstory is like the template of how JoJo characters are well developed in the future. Yes. One of the things that like I don't like about part three, which we'll get when we get there, we'll get to, is that I think that the backstories are really weak. They are. And like later on, the backstories get really good, and and they're always like this. They're they're always like touching, and they're always brought in at, at these really pivotal moments for these characters, and they really help. Like like in. In Steel Ball Run, the first time that I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking good arc was when we get one of the main characters' backstories. Uh, or like when you on. or like when you learn about Okuyasu's dad. Yep, yep. I was like, thinking about just, him too. That's just so great. Yep. No, and you true. you don't you don't get that for anyone in, in Stardust Crusaders. Yep. Like not a single person. You get some you get like vague Kakuyan stuff. Real vague. At, and real late on. Too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Is that um, Stardust Crusaders is and is a very different kind of story. And yeah. I think it's like he learned, he grew a, in a different direction. Right. Yeah. And then he came back, yeah. and that's why he started putting it together yeah. again. And so that's yeah. yeah why Part Four is like great, incredible. Yeah. So yeah, so JoJo finally gets this little uh, story update, and so then he's like, "Oh, well, now that I know all that about you, sorry." Like he's just sort of talking to Caesar, who is like. You know, already can't hear him. He's yeah. already, yeah, like, but he's just like, know. "Sorry for insulting your family. I changed my mind. I don't think you're wrong for doing this. Yeah, let's do I'll, it. I'll go fight. Yeah, yeah. I'll back you up. <laughs> yeah, which is very sweet, though. I like the idea that yeah, it's like, now too. that he understands Caesar's motivations, which is again why I maintain if the two of them had just like gone to timeout for like two yep. minutes, yeah. uh, and then had this conversation, it would have gone down different. So Caesar, meanwhile, has has gotten into a fight with Wamu. Also, oh Ms. right, because surprise, Wamu is there. Shocker! Yeah, he it was not. A good, well, he wasn't was, supposed to be there. Yeah, but it's not was. a good idea to just go barreling in because yeah. Joseph was right. And Messina shows up just to have his arm cut off. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, <what>? Messina. <laughs> yeah, this is just, JoJo. This is, yeah, Messina's just like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there goes an arm. It's like good luck having two arms in the JoJo universe. Yeah, it's not going to last you very long. We get some really good JoJo science about how Wamu is able to be outside temporarily, which is his lung vapor. He's somehow thingies. he's able to move air around to make light not hit him. They they describe it as him making a suit out of smoke for himself that that, that like refracts um, and diffuses light. Yeah, seems legit. He's able to do it because of plot ham on. I mean, it's a smoke screen. It's literally a smoke screen. Yeah, but can you really? You can because it's Wamu that? and the plot demands it. Yeah, but it's not plot ham on. It's just it's plot. Just, it's plot powers. pillar man. Plot pillar man. Yeah. Um, plot schmoo. It's, it's like basically a stand. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically it's it's bullshit. His stand is wham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Caesar and Wamu get into a fight, and one of the things I really like uh, is that all of their fighting each other is immediately in the color swap palette, mm-hmm. which is a way that the show lets you know that it's like a very high anxiety, high tension, fight. emotionally charged. Like they're both because these are both dudes who like are fighting for the death of ACDC, and like Caesar's fighting because of I just his whole shit. And- I just realized something. 
ACDC is Wham's dad. Yeah. And Caesar is also fighting for his dad. Yeah. Revenge. They're, so they're both they're fighting. Both, right. Family. Yeah. No. They're but both. But it's specifically it's, dad yeah. vengeance. Oh yeah, yeah. No. They're they are they are absolutely like I said to Courtney while we were watching it together. It was just like yeah. It's just you know Caesar's like I'm fighting for my family's honor. It's like well I'm fighting for my family's but it's specifically honor. Specifically both yeah. of their dads. Yeah, specifically one of their dads. Mentor. Yeah. Well, but but know, I mean dad. I mean as we find out soon, and I know I keep saying this, and it's vaguely a spoiler, but. Wham, uh, but ACDC and Cars raised Wham together. Yeah. Like from a baby. Yeah. And and that's (laughs) why. Literally um, his dad. Well, and and you can even, it's even implied because um, uh, Wamu always refers to ACDC as uh, as Sama, as as Lord Mm -hmm. ACDC, just like he does to Cars. So he considers them both on the same level and they're both superior to him. Right. And so Caesar fights and like, it seems like it's going really well, and Joseph and Lisa Lisa amble slowly on down to the hotel <laughs> to, and but like it's then suddenly uh, they feel they're very stressed out. Whenever it switches to them, it's obvious that they they're more stressed out than it makes sense at this point to be as yeah. a viewer. And then suddenly, like Caesar makes like one tiny mistake. Well, Wham goes into the hotel. Yeah. Um and because he can only be outside for a certain amount of time and Caesar follows him into the hotel because he's like, "Oh, this is what I planned for. Like I know how to defeat them in a hotel." And so then they fight inside the hotel for a little bit. Um and Caesar makes a mistake. He accidentally blocks out the sunlight for one second. And so he gets hit full on with Divine Sandstorm, Sandstorm, which, if you will recall, is... Yes, exactly. By Darude. Yes, exactly. No, he gets gets hit with the thing that almost took out Joseph. uh, Back in their first battle together against the Pillarmen many episodes ago. Um, But he gets a full blast. The one that, like, tore apart a pillar like it was an old piece of fabric. Yeah. And so, and then and that only didn't kill Joseph because Wamu had blood in his eyes and couldn't like see what he's doing. Yeah. Caesar was right in front of Wamu, yeah. uh, and so he gets hit with it, and he is that, now mortally wounded. Yeah, so that's it. And so with his last strength, I really like this part. Every time I watch it, that he gets up and he just keeps trying to punch. I love Wamu. that part. It's, that's the. That's the part that gets me. That's the one that... Even though he can't do anything. And this is actually, again, where one of the reasons why I like the Pillarman except for Cars is that Wamu just is just like talking to him and he's like, like, you're done, buddy. And he's like, stop. Like Like his blood is like, like the area is like covered in Caesar's blood. He's like clearly going to die. He knows he's going to die, but he's still not giving up. And uh, he pulls... Wamu's lip ring out of his mouth and Wamu doesn't stop him and he doesn't just like well first he's like why yeah but that's and what for I mean some reason he, he talks to him yeah. he doesn't yeah. but like this but I really like this whole thing where like Wamu is just like letting Caesar very pathetically like tap him right. in the chest and stuff over it's like it's real heartbreaking um, yep until he just falls over yeah but he but he got the lip ring yeah yep. Um, and so he, so Caesar decides that to make his life worth value, he's going to leave the ring and all of his last Hammond. So in kind of an echo of what happened with the Baron, 
Um, he gives all of his, all the rest of his Hammond to Joseph. And he even calls it my final yep. Hammond, which is like the final ripple was yep. what Zabelli, Baron Sabelli called it. Yeah. And he like imbues it into this bubble made of his blood. And he like puts the ring on his, uh, his headband and puts that inside the bubble and like releases all of his Hammond into it. And Joseph and Lisa Lisa hear that um, and know what happened but they don't say it yet and uh and again like wamu doesn't destroy it or anything he's like well this he is thinks about destroying it he like picks it up yeah. like he's going to uh he's like about to blow it yeah. away or something and yeah, then he, he brings just goes it towards him yeah, and he's like no i'll let you have this one yeah and he says like it's not because i've gone soft it's because um because you're, you're a proud a, warrior yeah. and uh oh and he even says like I will forever I will forever remember you fondly and like I consider us as having a friendship like now that we've had like a real battle and you've shown yourself to like be able to almost kill me yep. like that's what it takes to be my friend. Yeah. Well, Cuz he thinks same. About, he thinks about <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's I don't know. It, I remember the first time I watched this I was like they're not fucking killing off Caesar. There's no way. Like I don't know, it just I, the whole time cuz also part of it too is that this is like a lot of time um like it's not like oh he's dead because it's like an action anime you expect it to go in a certain direction which is like okay if they're going to kill off a main character which like already is surprising because usually or often when characters die they like somehow come back or yeah like they're not really dead and if if you're going to kill off a main character what you expect is kind of closer to what happened in phantom blood which is like oh this character dies we're sad time for revenge yeah and like the really amazing thing about this episode is that after Caesar dies, um, which is only a little bit more than halfway through the episode, the entire rest of the episode is just the aftermath of that and just grief. Well, and also we skipped over the part where he puts everything in the Hammond blood bubble and then a part of the ceiling falls on him. Right. Which is shaped like a cross. Yep. And, um, smashes him. and smashes him. So in case you're like, maybe, he, no, he's dead. He's dead. Um, that's where it's just, and it's like, he doesn't get like a touch. Like, that's it. He and Joseph parted fighting. But and he's gone. he left him this gift. Yeah. And when they, when Joseph and Lisa Lisa get into the hotel, they're like frantic looking yeah. around. First, Joseph, he touches the bubble. I guess it like conveys information to him yeah through the hammer and he absorbs yeah yeah and so like he knows that caesar died and that's when he says it and like he's holding the bandana and he's like i didn't i didn't say your name when i even got here because i was afraid that you wouldn't you know talk back to me yeah and then lisa lisa iconic moment yeah lisa lisa's like basically like well you need to suck it up and we need to go fight she's like there's two of them and there's two of us, so that's good right. odds. One of them's wounded, so like, let's go finish this off. And Before she like takes out her cigarette case and like puts cigarette in her mouth, and it's like acting like she's gonna like light a cigarette. And, and Joseph's so pissed at her, and then he looks at her and he's like, "Lisa, Lisa, your cigarette's backwards." It's so good, and yeah. she breaks the cigarette. And like in the manga, she doesn't. It's so much like the anime is way better. Um, that iconic moment of her snapping the yeah. cigarette in half is so good. Um, and then they're kind of just standing there, like at odds. And I think that they've decided that they're about to move forward. Well, and Joseph starts looking for Caesar. Oh yeah, he's because he's just like, all right, where are you? He's like, yeah. he's like, where are you sleeping? <laughs> um, and then like some of the window rubble like falls, and 
they notice that like there's blood seeping out from underneath where Caesar got crushed. Yeah. And so then Lisa Lisa starts crying and then I start crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Joseph goes over and like basically like half like lays down on the the cro- the like cross rock that's on top of Caesar and like starts crying and then he does his iconic like yelling Caesar face meltdown with, yeah with yeah. lots of tears like the animation on Joseph yelling out Caesar's name is like they took some time yeah. with that like it's a full like pan up yep. on. yeah on it's a full page I think. Well, and there's uh, a there's a beautiful keyframe of it in the in the Blu-ray booklet too, yeah. like just gorgeous. Every time Lisa Lisa starts crying, I tear up. Like, I got I at really, least tear up. I definitely was choked up watching it today, and I didn't expect to be because again, I've seen it a million yeah. times, but it's just so well done, and like the way that the episode ends is, it's like they had a lot to do, but they couldn't really do it because they were so overcome by grief, so they just stood there for a while crying, and nobody answered them. So there's this music playing in the background. Yes. Um, so I thought it was just like some famous opera or something. Right, because it's, it's an opera. It's in Italian. Right, it's clearly Italian opera. Um, turns out that it is not that. Um, it was a an, you know, an opera-style song in Italian that was like composed specifically for this episode. Performed by a Japanese singer, yep. actually. Yep. Um, but in Italian. And the lyrics are like... Like, whenever you think of me, I shall always whisper on the surface of the blue sky, uh, wherever you go, wherever I go, my love lies deep within your life. My love remains in your days. It takes just Caesar. one of your smiles, etc. My soul will never die, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's just, it's like, so it's not subtle like at all. But I mean, of course, when it I is, die, it play is, that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. it is subtle because it's in Italian. So right. it's not straight up being like. They were in love, <laughs> but it is if you look up like the actual translation. This of what is the saying. gay boyfriend song yeah. Yeah. for when your gay boyfriend dies. Yeah. It's real sad. I don't know. Like it's. I feel like we're so low energy, but it's just like I can't get hype about Caesar dying. I mean, I can. I can get hype about Caesar dying because I'm, I'm a cold, cold person. I mean, it's just. It's very well done. It's very beautiful. I definitely remember. At this point, I'm just like, right, it's it's Caesar dying. But like the first time, I was like, man, really, you're just gonna have the main character like lay down and cry on his, you know, I guess coffin. Um, yeah. and it's just like you got fighting to do. And it's like, and like yeah. I, I appreciate they actually have a character be like, come on, we've got fighting to do. And he's like, can't. Yep. Who fucked up? Yep. And it's it is definitely like not, but it, and it's not like. Macho fucked nope. up. It is just full on like s- like ugly cry. Yeah, it is is a lot of weeping. It was like this was definitely. I mean, I watched JoJo's at the gym for a while. Um, the first like three seasons. This was definitely the moment. Um, where like I so I liked it up to this point. I mean, I made it twenty episodes, but this was definitely the moment where I was like, this is like a special thing that exists. Yeah. Like that, because because it's so like this. In until <sighs> there are like a couple really iconic like uh, depictions of grief in anime, but like this is definitely one of my favorite ones um, of all of them. And I, 
really do enjoy making other people watch JoJo up to this point because I feel like <laughs> because even though it's horrible <laughs> to see the light leave people's eyes as they realize what I'm <laughs> making them watch, um, it also is like I love that like the f- such a full range of human emotion like exists in this show. That's true. And this is the part where people are like, oh, so it really goes all the way in that direction too. Yes, so like this wacky over the top completely ridiculous action series also has these really down-to-earth human moments of like grief that are very realistic um and it's really wonderful yeah so that's 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 i don't know that's the whole that's everything that happens in that episode yeah i mean joseph also talks about um he's holding the the um headband with the ring around it and he's like caesar you always were such a fucking arrogant bastard yeah Yeah. show off like to leave me this gift Like all this, you know, it's just, it's so good. Thank you for listening to our show about Steel Ball Run's prequel. <laughs> no, no, but but. Um, R.A.P. Caesar Zappelli. We promise the next episode will be more lively. Yes. Uh, it's hard to get lively about Caesar's death. Yeah, um, except for for me. But right? also, you weren't very lively though. Well, genuinely, I'm just excited that we're here. I'm happy that like, it's it started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yep. In Caesar's grave. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora Ora, Oregon at StreamPDX Mobile Podcast Studio. Thank you to the folks at StreamPDX and OpenSignal. Our music is The Freakout Experiment by Tobias Weber. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to iTunes and leave us the kind of review that Joseph would leave for Caesar.